Hello, everybody. This is Jason from the Jason and Cole, a father-son thing podcast. Hey, if you're like me and Cole, when we're getting started with the podcast, we had a lot of questions like, how do you even record a podcast? And how do you get it published to different sites that people go to listen to podcasts like Spotify, Apple, and Google Play? Well, it's very simple. The answer to all of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and very easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors, too, so you can get paid to podcast. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and making money, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. I can't wait to hear your podcast. So get started. Now back to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Jason and Cole Father Son Thing podcast, talking strictly Mets. I'm your host, Jason. With your boy, Cole. And we are here today to break down some of the off-season moves that the Mets have made. And we're going to start off with the hiring of our GM. Now, Cole, what's our GM's name? Brody Van Hagen or something? We're going to call him Brody because, like I said on the last episode, that it, his name is too hard for me. So, Brody has been busy, has he not? He has. He has been working diligently, trying to make our roster the best that he can with the limits that he has. And we're going to discuss some of those moves that he's made so far. And first move um, that I can remember is this trade that brought us Cano and Diaz. Mm-hmm. Now from, from the Mariners. Now forget about who we gave up. You know, this podcast we're not going to get into uh, heavy statistics and analytics and heavy on the the payroll, but. Basically, from what I've gathered, that trade is kind of a wash when it comes to money, um, at least for the time being. Um, maybe it, towards the end of Cano's career, you know, we'll see um, an impact on that. But the only concern I have on this trade is a few years from now. What is Cano going to give us down the line? But for the next two to three years... Cano should be a solid second baseman. He plays a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And we're built to win now. If we don't try to do something now in the next three years with the pitching staff that we have, then you know, what's, it, what's it for? What's the point? So I like that, that attack going forward now. What do you think about that? I think, it's, I think we have a good lineup. Well, what do you think about going for it now opposed to... Going for the playoffs or the World Series? Well, play, I mean, we're trying to make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the ultimate thing, is that to be entertaining and get in the playoffs and give your fans something to cheer about. But, I mean, do you agree with the philosophy of going for it now or trying to build a team for the future? I think we should um, go for it now so that we can get a World Series in, like what? we did in 2015, but we lost. Yeah. 2015. But was was it 2015 or 2016? 2016. <laughs> you made the World Series in 20. What? what the heck? I got confused because because yeah. it's 
been a couple of years from now. But anyway. A, a couple of years from now. It's been a long time, bro, since we've been in the World Series. Last time we were in the World Wait a second. When was the last time we were in the World Series? 2016 or 2015. All right. So we'll, anyway. we'll look that up while we're talking. It feels like an eternity to me. But um, let's talk a little bit about what I feel is the best acquisition in that uh, trade, and that's bringing in um, Diaz. So how do you feel about that move? I feel, I feel like it was a great move because we need some more relief pitchers in the bullpen because in case one of our starting pitchers um, gets tired in a game early. And we have a relief pitcher, and if we're winning, we could just in the last in the ninth inning, we could just put Diaz in to get the the win. You know, he's our closing pitcher. Okay, so you do understand? Yeah, he's our closing pitcher, and hopefully he pitches every freaking game. So that way, we uh, they won the East in 2015. I know, but that's when we won the World Six National East. No, they won in the World Series. Yes, they were. During the hit, their history, the Mets have won two World Series, 1969 and 1986. Five National League pennants and six National League East titles. Oh, yeah. So, 2015. Oh, yeah. That's when they were against the Royals and had their shot. See, it feels like forever. I know. All right. So, yeah. We're trying to get back to 2015, except we want to win this time. Yeah. Um, So, you do understand Diaz is the closer. Mm-hmm. So anytime we got the lead in the ninth inning or maybe late in the eighth inning, Diaz is going to come in. Yeah. So then they signed Familia. They brought Familia back. And Familia wanted to come back. And that's a huge part to me as a Mets fan. Um, I liked Familia. He had his ups and downs. But wanting to come to the Mets and, and be willing to be the setup man for Diaz, uh, it's great. It, it lengthens our bullpen. Our bullpen's shaping up to be, quite honestly... One of the best top five bullpens in baseball that I can see, and from what reports are saying, and we just signed who this week? Uh, Jed Lowry. No pitcher. No. Uh, the Justin Wilson. Justin Wilson from the Cubs. Cubs. Yes. So. I was trying to think of um, that. You know, we're putting together our Brody. Is that his name? Brody. Yeah, Brody. Is putting together a good bullpen. And I'm excited about that, but really excited about Diaz. Watching um, some film on Diaz, uh, he's nasty. So, really. See his highlights, he's really good. Really, really excited about that. And then we went out and signed Wilson Ramos, who they were in, you know, talks. Brody was in talks with the Marlins about, what's his name? JT. JT Romuto. Romuto. We're not good at names and stats. We're just telling you people we're here for the Mets. Yeah. So I wasn't too excited about that. They were asking way too much to give up Syndergaard or say, well, shut up. That's ridiculous. So we... we I mean, we have a good catcher now. I mean, Ramos is probably, without looking it up, top seven, top eight catchers in baseball, I would say. If I'm wrong on that, somebody tell me. But... You know, he makes contact, he hits for power, he calls a good game, he's a good defensive catcher. He's got a better arm than anybody we've had since probably LaDuca. And LaDuca didn't have the greatest arm, but he's Ramos is the best hitting catcher since LaDuca. And before that was Piazza. Yeah. We ain't had a, a good backstop in a while. 
So I'm excited about that. Um, other moves that we've made this off season, bringing in uh, Lowry. Yeah, Lowry. Lowry is an exciting player to me. I know he's older, but he's that veteran guy who will come in, can play multiple positions, makes contact, and we're putting together a team that when you know when you already had Nemo and, and McNeil and, and Conforto. We're putting together a team, Rosario. We're putting together a team that Ramos, guys that make contact, can move players along. But then we also have some pop. Um, so I'm excited about that. Uh, you know, the rest of the the not signing last, if you weren't available the last podcast, what I talked about not signing Pollock. I don't think Pollock was the answer, especially when you when you're looking at money and how much somebody's getting paid. I don't think that was a good move if we would have signed him. Not saying that if, if we had him, I wouldn't have been excited about it. But when you look at the depth chart of the Mets, um, and if we just focus on the outfield for a second, another. We have one, two, three, four, another, five available no, outfielders. Well, more than that, I'm sure. But um, Keon Broxton was another signing. And Keon Broxton, look. I said this last podcast, Keon Broxton and and Juan Lagares, two of the best defensive center fielders are in baseball, period. You're not going to find another two guys. I mean, there's some other good center fielders out there, but when it comes down to going to get the ball, those two guys can chase it down and get it. They don't hit very well. Now, I have a feeling that Keon Broxton – believe he's somewhere in the 26, 27, do you remember? Mm-hmm. I think he's a, he's around that age. I think a change of scenery, playing on a big stage in New York, he could have a breakout season. He hit 20 home runs in 2017. So it's not like he doesn't have power. Get him on the right team. Get him with the right leadership. Get him with the right hitting coach, Chili Davis. Um, you know, I don't know much about Chili Davis as a hitting coach, but... I trust our managers and GM on bringing him in and his philosophy. So I think that if we did nothing, we have two of the best defensive center fielders on the team. Now, are they going to start? No. You got to put your best ball players out there. So me, I have no problem with Conforto or Nemo playing center field and one of them playing left and you know, if we got to put McNeil in the outfield, then that's where McNeil needs to go because McNeil, here's what I see. Cano is going to be on the field. That's a given, right? So then it's where do you play Lowry? Where do you play McNeil? Yeah, that's my one concern. Where are we going to put Lowry on the field? Because well, Brody, Brody said that Jed Lowry was going to be an everyday player. He's going to be an everyday player, and he can play multiple things. And, and you know, that... That's that's the thing that he's doing. He's putting together player, you know, putting in the team that can play different positions, and you know, giving guys rest and and constantly having a good squad out there, night in and after the night games. If you got a day game, you got to give somebody a break. You still can throw somebody out there. The depth is the big thing. We, we've been missing that over the years. Now, when you project the opening day roster and where people are going to be. I'm not putting too much into the opening day because probably on opening day, Todd Frazier will be the first baseman. 
And then they can move Lowry third. Lowry will probably start at third. And then shortstop uh, Rosario. Rosario and then second base, obviously, Cano. And then you might see McNeil. You might see to start the year, you know, McNeil kind of work himself into some outfield spots. So Lagaris or Broxton may start out there. But a lot's going to depend on what happens in the spring training. Um, I'm more so looking to May and June and what our lineup's going to be. And I think... Alonzo will be our first baseman. Frazier. Yeah, Frazier's going to be on the bench. Um, now, that's, having said that, the best case scenario is Frazier starts hitting in April. And, you know, it, it deepens our bench even more. But Alonzo's going to be our first baseman. They're just going to start him in the minor leagues. And that has to do with salary and contract and extra year. And, and I get all that. But... Um, had an inside source give me some information that was pretty interesting. So if people are listening to this, um, it may shock them a little bit, but I'm starting to wonder because of this inside information I was given about Cespedes. I'm hearing Cespedes is going to be ready a lot sooner than the Mets have been leading on to. And Cespedes being ready earlier may be a big reason why we haven't aggressively try to get another outfielder. Um, like I said, I think we're okay. Not, I haven't been planning on Cespedes, but if Cespedes comes back, say, June, you know, and they, he's not going to... Even if he was ready for the beginning of the season, he's not going to come back. They're going to work him in slowly. But if he could come back in, say, June, and our outfield is Nemo, Cespedes, um, Conforto... And then bringing in defensive specialists when we need them. Like Broxman. Uh, you know, then, 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 you know, McNeil is kind of the roving um, player in the infield. Or if Lowry's struggling and McNeil played, you know, it just, our team has a lot of depth. We have uh, a bright future. And then, we have a lot of potential. A lot of potential. Oh, and I then, the you know, every single. Every single game that we play with DeGrom and Syndergaard, Wheeler, Mats, and right now Vargas as the fifth starter, uh, you know how I feel about Vargas, but hopefully we make a move there and get a fifth starter. But I just think that, you know, we're going to be in every game because of our pitching stuff. So if the worst case scenario was a platoon of Broxton and Lagaris in center field, with what they give you defensively, I think that's okay. I mean, so what what are you looking forward to this season? Who are you looking forward to seeing and, and what they can do? And I'm looking forward to see how one Cano, two Lowry, three Diaz, and if Keelan Broxton or Cespedes come. I mean, Broxton is coming, but... If Cespedes comes back, I'm excited to see him play again. Because you haven't seen him in a... Yeah, we haven't seen him. Maybe they'll... Uh, but I'm excited to see how they play. He may and, need to hit a home run just so he can trot around the bases. <laughs> he can't run the first, but... Um, yeah, it's exciting. Um, you know, one person that we're not even talking about is uh, Dominic Smith. Could be interested. I, I'm interested to see what happens with Dominic Smith. Uh, and, I think it's possibility that he could have a good spring. 
And then you may see something happen with a trade with Dominic Smith. Another possible trade scenario is Lagaris um, with Keon Broxton. Keon Broxton is, I think, we've seen enough of Lagaris to know Lagaris is Lagaris. So Keon Broxton, you know, I kind of like I kind of like him over Lagaris. So I think Lagaris may be on the injured list. So he's not available for trade in the morning right now. Not sure on that. Like I said, we're not the uh, stats podcast. We're just two me- a father and son that are Mets fans giving you our opinion. And, and I want to touch on Cole is now 11. 11. When we started this podcast, he was 10. And he had the a dream of one day possibly being a sportscaster. So we, we're doing this podcast. Really looking forward to what we can do with this podcast and it being strictly a Mets podcast. Um, I'm looking forward to doing, you know, like a pregame show one day and then popping on after the game and doing a little show after the game, a postgame show. Uh, what Maybe we, we can do a live reaction. Too. Uh, yeah, um, we can go Facebook Live with the fans that we have on Facebook and, and watch it that way. So there's a lot of things. And then also going to spring training. Yeah, going to spring training, see if we can get some player interviews, um, going to when they play locally, and um, we don't want to say who it is, but we know somebody that knows somebody on the Mets pretty good, so we may have an in in uh, meeting one of the new Met players, and uh, maybe we can get a little interview that we could upload into the podcast. That would be awesome. So a lot of exciting things, you know, now that we're strictly focusing on the Mets, and um, it's, you know, like I said last podcast, I know you listened to it, it's, as a fan, I just want them to be excited, I want it to be entertaining, I want to be able to sit down and watch the ball game, and know we got a shot, and honestly, I lost interest last year, I mean, it's just kind of, what are we doing, like, you know, so, I think, and there was some bright spots, you know. I mean, Neil was a huge bright spot. Um, but DeGrom, I mean, DeGrom, his record to win the Cy Young, it's just... He, he won the Cy Young. Yeah, I know, but his record wasn't that great, you know what I mean? So, But with the lineup that I, I kind of see being constructed, um, I'm excited about that. And I'm excited to see what Rosario does this year. Um, he showed a lot of potential towards the end of the season. And another thing that um, with Broxton is he's one of the fastest guys in baseball. And that is something that has been missing from our lineup for a long time. Probably, you met fans tell me if I'm wrong, but probably has been missing since early Jose Reyes days as far as speed on the base path. So, looking forward to see what he can do. I'm hoping he has a great spring and can get in the lineup and kind of shut up everybody who's complaining that we didn't sign Pollock or or Machado or or Bryce Harper. Now, touching on Bryce Harper and Machado real quick. Here's my take on... Now, I'm really curious to see what you think as a young baseball fan, okay? Um... Let me start on Machado, and then I'll let you touch on 
Harper, okay? Here's my take on Machado. Machado is an outstanding player. He's got bad knees. I think he's 32, 33 years old. Why in the world would somebody sign him to a huge deal when he's got bad knees and he's in the decline of his playing days? That doesn't make any sense. You know? But over Machado or Harper, I would honestly pick Machado. Okay, so that's interesting. So what is your take as an 11-year-old baseball fan when you see Bryce Harper play? Now, keep in mind that there's some people in the sports industry that put Bryce Harper on the level of a LeBron James. Mm. You know, they're like the face of the sport. Hey, what, do, what do you think? And we haven't discussed this yet. When you see Bryce Harper, what do you? What is your thoughts of him? Well, after seeing him play, he argues with his teammates, and we don't need that on our team. Thank you. Go ahead. Keep going. So, anyway. And I did not tell him to say that. Um, and he has good potential, but he could like down everybody on the field when he just yells at everyone, like, and argues with them, and like criticizes them for doing something wrong when he's the one doing it doing and I don't I don't know yeah. what I've seen uh, you know, a couple of times where he's gotten arguments in the I think even one time they actually fought in the dugout with a teammate um, and on the field um, he did with one of the um was it the uh Oreo pitcher I, no it was the San Francisco Giants pitcher I can't remember. Oh, uh, well, that, I mean, that stuff happens if you throw at And he argues like with the refs so okay, much. Okay, he's playing too much soccer. They're umpires in baseball. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, I don't like Bryce Harper. Never have. Now, one of the reasons I don't like him is because he's on the Nationals and he's freaking good and blah, whatever. But I just think he's a cocky, arrogant player. Mm. And I don't care to have him on our team. I like our players. I'd much rather see our young ball players get the team. Now, if you bring in, say you bring in, say we sign Bryce Harper, right? Yeah. And Cespedes comes back. Well, guess what? Nemo's not playing anymore. You know, McNeil is is losing playing time because of it. So, you know, I, I want to go for it all now. But at the same time, we have to look to the future. We have to look to the future. And when you've got a player like Alonzo coming up, and you've got uh, McNeil, who's a second baseman by trade, and an older Cano, when you got Rosario, when you got, I think it's Gimenez in the minors as a top 100 prospect, he's a shortstop. You know, maybe he can switch a position, or maybe Rosario can switch a position. When you've got players like Conforto, I mean, Conforto. Conforto, to me, I don't know what his ranking is in the outfield, but he's he said he was um, the the number eight. The number, I mean, of left fielders. Conforto is he's young. I mean, he could very well put up Bryce Harper numbers this year. You know, I mean, that's one guy on our team that is an all-around baseball player. Hits the opposite field. Hits power to the opposite field. So. I'm a big Conforto fan, and I'm a, I'm a fan of building for now, but also trying to make, sustain a winning team, an entertaining team, and like I said last podcast, I just want a chance. Like, I, you, and obviously you remembered, because I forgot, <laughs> but 
when the Mets get into the playoffs, or at least if they're in meaningful games in September, it's exciting. Baseball season's a problem. You put the bait, you know, you put a game on, we'll watch it every night. But, you know, a game in May and June and July and August is kind of like, oh, I hope we get two out of three. Maybe. It's not, but if you're like in it towards the end, there's nothing more exciting than that. And if you can make it to the postseason, man, that's all you can ask for as a fan. I mean, if you get there, you know, one of the things as a as a Mets fan that sticks out to me, and um, I just still I can't I can't let it go. I don't know. I forget what year, uh, maybe '06, but uh, Carlos Beltran oh. took strike three looking. Didn't swing the bat. Ugh. You know, when things like that happen in the playoffs, it kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. But, I mean, they were there. And that's all you can ask for as a Mets fan is, or any fan is, you know, to talk about it, about the Gators. You know, okay, the Gators sucked last year. And they won 10 games. You know, they beat Michigan in the bowl game. They finished in the top 10 in the nation. Okay, we didn't win the national championship. And next year, we're going to be good, but we, you know, I'm not expecting us to win a national championship. The first goal is to win the SEC East, but guess what? They're competitive. You know, that's all I can ask for as a fan. The fans that are, it's win or nothing, they're not real fans. I mean, I'm sorry if I offended you, get over it. But <laughs> you just got to be realistic, and um, I just want us to make the playoffs. And then from once you get to the playoffs, anything can happen, you know. So that that's my take on on the as we you know get into spring training and what's been constructed as of now of the team. Okay. So now that we have Wilson Ramos, what do you think? I was gonna ask you, what do you think about Travis Darno and whatever this guy's name Nito. is? Yeah, Nito. What do you think we should make a trade for like an infielder or something with one of those catchers? Well, I don't think we need an infielder. Um, or like get a trade for someone in the bullpen or something? I mean, maybe another, maybe, you know, maybe we package Darno and Lagaris for a fifth starter. Yeah. I, we're not the GMs. I mean, some people out there are probably saying, that makes no sense. I was shut up. We're just talking here. It's our opinion. Uh, it's our opinion. Yeah. I'm just saying, Darno's expendable. Regardless is expendable. Um, they're constructing a bullpen that, you know, there's some guys that aren't going to make make it, and maybe they're expendable, and you, and, you, and you package something together to give us a fifth starter, and, you know, maybe there's a free agent out there that we can look to sign. Um as far as that fifth spot, um, you know, Josh Tomlin. Let's see, Josh Tomlin's available. Francisco, Francisco Liriano, um, Clay Buckholtz, Edwin ja- Edwin Jackson, um, Giovanni Gallardo, Edwin Jackson. Seventeen starts. He's one point six WAR. Edwin Jackson's interest in Clay Buckle. I mean, those are names like, um, kind of like Vargas, you know what I mean? Where they, they used to be good, 
They had some good seasons. But, I mean, uh, Gio Gonzalez. Yeah, Gio Gonzalez, I know Pop-Pop is big on him, but, I mean, I would take a shot on Francisco Loreano. I mean, he had a crappy year. I, I, well, with, I mean, he was pitching with the Tigers. So, I mean, there's some guys out there that if they don't go the trade route that they could sign. But, you know, there's also... We don't really have anything in the minors that's going to be ready as far as starting pitching is concerned for a couple of years. And, you know, you got Gazelman um, in the bull, but, you know, they like him in the bullpen, and I do too. But, so, we'll see what happens. But to answer your question, I don't know who can go. I mean, Nito is, could be a backup catcher to give yeah. Ramos a break. In case Wilson Ramos gets hurt. Now, the problem, the problem would be if, Ramos went down with a significant injury and you traded Darno, and now you're expecting Nito to be your everyday catcher. Uh, we'd have to do a little research in the minors to see what kind of catching prospects we have and we can talk about that on the next podcast. But If it happens. That would be the only reason that they don't trade Darno is an insurance policy with Ramos. I mean, Darno is a, a solid backup catcher now. I mean... And if Ramos had to be out for two, three weeks with a hamstring or something like that, or knee injury, finger, and things like that happen with catchers, um, and goalies, as you found out uh, yesterday. But that would be the only reason that I would hold on to Darno. But if the right thing, right deal came along, then you jump on it. So anything else you want to close out on? on not really. About the. I think we have, I think we have a roster that can make it to the playoffs. That's I do. What I, think. I do too. Um, now, I don't know much about the Braves and the Phillies and the Nationals, and I hear they're doing things too. So we may have to. Like we picked up Ramos from the Phillies. Yeah, but they they're making some moves, and and we'll see who ends up with Machado and. And Harper, let's just hope. I think what's gonna happen is, since they're not here's a, here's a good thing on on Machado. Why is he on the Yankees? Um. If the Yan- the Yankee if the Yankee I'm sure he wants to play for the Yankees, and the Yankees haven't signed him, and that tells me, eh, you know, there's something there, and I think it has to do with his age and his knees and. Not wanting to pay somebody that much money. And I say Yankees not wanting to pay money. The Yankees pay for anything. So, um, I, I agree with you. Stan, yeah. Take that. That's a good deal. Um, yeah, Jeter hooked y'all up on that one. So, like you said, I'm with you. Putting together a good team. Um, we'll come we'll do a podcast next week and maybe look at some of the moves that. The other teams are made. I don't know. Look at the other team. Yeah, uh, we're Mets fans. <laughs> we don't care about the the Braves and the Phillies and the Nationals. We just care about our ball club and the Marlins. And, and the Marlins. Maybe we'll go. screw y'all. <laughs> screw them. Screw them. <laughs> Maybe we'll go to a Marlins and uh, Mets game down south this year, really? and that would be cool. 
Um, Maybe a spring training game. We're definitely going to try to hit a spring training game or two or three or four. So, all right. So, we'll come next week. But as always, if there's breaking news, we'll, we'll pop on and, and do a short little podcast. We're going to try to keep them a little shorter. Um, this one's a little longer than expected. But that's okay because we've been talking and having good conversation about about the team. So, Again, if you are listening and you want to comment about the Mets or what you think, hit us up on our Facebook, Jason and Cole Father Son Thing Podcast. Um, we're on Twitter. Haven't figured out Instagram yet as far as a, a page for the podcast, but we are on Twitter. Um, We've got a ton of fans on Facebook following us. So if you're interested in leaving a comment, telling us what you think about the Mets, um, please do so. But until breaking news or next week, I'm your host, Jason. I'm Cole. And this is the Jason and Cole of Father-Son Thing Podcast. Let's go Mets. Peace.